welcome to the first episode of a podcast we have yet to name. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. We have no idea. Aaron does not like my idea of his dark podcast. Uh, because <laughs> the way you say it now just seems like it's all about me learning about racist. Ma- make you're, learning you're about this whole racist. thing. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, but yes, we are doing a podcast on every episode of His Dark Materials on HBO and or BBC One, depending on where you live. Or on Pirate Bay. <laughs> I don't I don't know what that is. Oh, you is. don't know what that is? Oh, no. Okay, I guess it was only me. I watched it on HBO. I watched Because I live in America, and that's the only place it's distributed here. You watched it on HBO? Yeah, I watched it on HBO. What time are we recording this? Uh, 10 Ooh. p.m. Oh, okay. On Monday the 4th. Okay. I'm just Look, making it says sure. right there. 10, 11 p.m. Wow. Somebody didn't recognize Daylight Savings Time. Shut the fuck up. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so um, I asked Aaron to do this podcast with me, and he was very nice and agreed to do so because I love these books. I am obsessed with these books. Um, so when I heard that they were making this TV show, I got really, I was really wary because I remember the movie. And uh, hang on, I'm going to move my dog. <laughs> Millie, you're <laughs> killing me. Millie is just on top of Aaron. But she was Sweetheart. being nice. Sweetheart. She wasn't barking or anything. She's she, not. Can she you lay down, honey? She's just licking my cheek. And now she's I sniffing like my butt. As soon as you said licking my cheek, she started. <laughs> <laughs> she went right to your ass. So his dark materials. His dark materials. Written okay. by. Written by Philip Pullman. Okay. Uh, and so if you remember, there was a movie in 2007 called The Golden Compass, which is the first book. And it's, it's bad. Okay. It's really bad. So this, 2007 is when the book came out. No, 2007 is when the movie came out. Okay, no, no, when did the book come out then? Uh, was it Harry Potter's, uh... Hang on, I have it sitting right in front of me. It should be on the copyright page. I wasn't ready for you to ask me this question. I'm, I'm only asking because... This whole series went over my head until I started working at GameStop and a game came out for it. Like, literally. So that's why I'm like, if it's warranted a movie, it's warranted a video game, and it's warranted this HBO series, there's a fan base. There's a huge fan base. Okay, but... 1996, I I believe. I heard about Harry Potter. Even though I didn't read any of the books, I mean, still going through them, and then I didn't watch any of the movies beforehand. There's a ton of video games. Mm -hmm. I heard about it, though. This one... It kind of seemed like it just... I mean, there's like having a big following, and then there's being Harry Potter. That's yeah, okay. a cultural phenomenon. Okay. Yeah. Did you know what cultural. Game of Thrones was before the before the TV show? No, but and that... that has a massive following. Yeah, of nerds, like D&D nerds and stuff like that. That's not a massive following. They're not real people? No, not really. Way to alienate our audience. <laughs> you think... You, okay, hold on. No, because there's a difference between the people that like the Golden Compass or the Dark Materials... Uh, I bet you there's a difference between the people that read and like that series and the people that like the Game of Thrones series. I bet there's a lot of overlap. You think there's overlap? I'm sure there okay. is. Well, so far from what I've seen from this first episode, it doesn't seem like there oh, would I'm be... Oh, I'm sorry. You've, you've gotten through like I'm, two chapters. I've seen two. I've seen oh, it twice. I are mean, there seven of these books? Three in the first trilogy, three in the second trilogy, one companion. So tell me, first of all, before we go further, tell me a little bit more about the author. Has he done any other books that are similar or do you not know anything about that? I was not that? prepared for you to ask me that question. <laughs> I have a ton of questions. I this know, is like, your podcast where shit. you're supposed to be like think about this if we which we probably should have it would have been fun to actually do this whenever it was with the Harry Potter. I'm taking it like you know yeah. that like 
Well, I'm looking. So I'm looking at my. I have my copy of my, my copy. Your my copy, copy of the Golden Compass sitting right in front of me. And so there's a page. This is also by Philip Pullman, and he's you know he's got these three books that are in this series: um, the Golden Compass, the Subtle Knife, the Amber Spyglass, and then it lists the Broken Bridge, uh, Count Carlstein, I Was a Rat, Puss in Boots, the Ruby and the Smoke, the Shadow in the he North. He wrote Puss in Boots. Yeah, you never knew. I don't he, think he, he wrote, wrote Shrek the whole time. He did not write Puss in Boots. Also Get by Philip Pullman. So it's like a whole list. So yes, he is a very prolific author. Um, he hates C.S. Lewis. And he hates the Chronicles of Narnia. Why does he um, hate them? Because he hates religion, which I'm curious to see how this show deals with. This whole book series is incredibly anti-religion, which is why there was a massive Catholic protest about the movie when it came out. But they've done a lot of stories where it's been anti-religion, where religion is the, the villain in the story, and it's been fine before. This one's pretty blatant. No, they have, what's the movie with Philip Seymour Hoffman where the priest was basically just a pedophile the whole time? And real life? Yeah, wow. Well, it was based basically off real yeah. life. So that movie came out, and I think he won an award for it. So it's all about how you do it, I yeah. think. So, But I've heard that before about this. This is yeah. a, a big anti-religion you know religion thing. But, I mean, I always put it up to, like, it's somebody's story. I like stories I don't like. I don't like censorship on somebody's imagination. You know what I mean? Right. So whatever, you know, that's that's their story they want to tell. That's fine. Tell it. So, okay, you know, you can have your opinion about it one way or another, but it's not Game of Thrones. So, <laughs> so I digress. To get back to the beginning of this, Correct. Um, yes, I want to give a little context for the format and sort of what we're doing here. So that covers the fact that I have read the books Mm-hmm. Um, I read them as kids. I'm in the middle of the last one again because I don't remember a lot of it. Um, but I've, I'm going through the series again, and I'm in the middle of the last one. But So I've re- I'm reading them recently, okay. and I love them, and I'm obsessed with them. Again, and like you're enjoying it again as an yeah, adult. It's, I enjoy it so much more as an adult. There's so much that I didn't catch on to as a kid. There's okay. a lot of really hel- hel- healthy. There's a lot of really heavy shit in these books that okay. I didn't catch on to as a kid. Okay. Or I just didn't care about. And as an adult, I can appreciate it, and I can appreciate the sentiment behind it and how it affects the rest of the story. Um, so as an adult, I am enjoying these books much more than I did as a child. Uh, and you have not read the books. Never read the books. Didn't see the movie. Didn't see the movie. Sold the video game. Sold the video game. But I didn't even see the video game. Like I never saw any gameplay of it. What did you saw? Polar bear on the cover. I saw the polar bear on the cover and the little girl with the golden compass. Cause the game was called the golden compass. And even the book wasn't originally called that. It was originally called the Northern lights. Oh. And they changed the name for some reason so wait. years later. Oh, years later they changed it. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought you meant like he didn't want it to be the Golden Compass, and then he was like, oh, I'll call it that anyway. Yeah, no, for some reason it, it changed later. I'm okay. not sure why. But So that's the context of this, is that we are two people watching this show, uh, one of us having read the books and loved the books, and one of us having no idea and going in completely blind, because I also blank advised slate. you yeah. not to watch the trailers. Never watched the trailer either. I watched the you watched first, the first one. one because yeah. I made you because I was excited. Oh, wow. <laughs> And I was like, you have to sit down and yes, watch this. And, and then I watched that one, yes. The more recent trailers that came out I watched, and I don't like the way they're handling that. They are they're telegraphing a lot of the plot, a lot of things you're not supposed to know. And you say don't watch this, but I but my question was like I feel like I'm not going to understand it anyway, right? No, you would. There's things in there that you're not supposed to know are coming. Very similar to um, if we just get into the episode, when the episode opens up and it has that text on screen. It talks about witches. You're not supposed to know they exist. And they're just flat out telling you right now, hey, witches exist and are part of this world. Okay. 
All right. So it seems so like a, that. A, like, that's a plot twist, I like guess. Things that, that are you supposed to be a, pr- a surprise going forward, or like um, things that are going to be very big climactic uh, discoveries are in the trailer. See, that's why as it's, setting the world. That's interesting because you're like you're not supposed to know that witches exist, but they're like a fairy tale. Okay, so then you would rather have, and we sp- spoke about this. Uh, when they were showing that on the screen, you rather have the um, why am I forgetting the word dialogue. expositional dialogue as opposed to just yeah. I think that having I mean it's just a personal preference thing for me. I think that having on screen text that tells you, uh, you know, this is this is like our world, but it's different than our world, and there's demons, and a demon is your soul, and you're bonded to it, and you're like the the bond is sacred. Like that is it's lazy. Okay, put, you're you're just. Oh, hey, we don't really know how to set this up, so we're just going to tell you, and you have to read it. And so if they had, like, it. a scene where maybe, um, what was the boy's name again? Roger. Roger. If they had Roger, and he was, like, going to sleep, and his mother was telling him a bedtime story about witches. His mother's dead. He's an orphan. Oh, my God. The the housemaid was telling him a bedtime story about witches. Then they'd be like, you know, they don't exist. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a story. Then that's fine. And then season three, you find out, yeah, they do, or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, I like that, but that exposition that they showed in first, you know, two seconds of the the show. Now I'm expecting witches to be all up in this exactly. thing first, you know. So I know who the opposition is. Yeah, I guess I feel like there's a still a twist with it, like so much so that they can get away with telling you that there's witches in it. I mean, I'm sure there. I know be. you. Yeah, for people well, that are listening, yeah. you can't see Emma's face. Of I have information that I can't tell you <laughs> so much on her face right now. Um. So I took notes on my phone, and literally the first thing that my notes say, bold type, all caps. It says you're not supposed to know any of this. And yet now and yet I do. Now I do, or okay. now you do. Yes. So um, all that going back to the what I was saying ten minutes ago is I just to say I asked you not to watch the trailers, I and didn't. at the end of the episode I stopped it before it got to the coming next on. I still saw some dirigibles and stuff like that flying around, so I know that that's. So the episode opens up with what's the name of the episode? We even Lyra's Jordan. Really? Which is the name of the second chapter in the first book? Lyra's Jordan. Jordan. Like her shoes. Jordan College, which is oh, where she lives. I thought she was. In some Jordans. Okay. Jordan College I in Oxford. They, wait, no. Are you sure? Th- well, I mean, you've read the books. Yes, you're sure. <laughs> but I could have swore they called the college something different. So, Jordan like, in the college. beginning. Let's go over. Go, 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 go. So, let's they start on. out, um, James McAvoy, who is Lord Asriel. Great actor. Fantastic actor. Yes. I as soon as, as soon as I heard his name was attached to Lord Asriel for this, I was sold. Because I'm like, how do you beat Daniel Craig? Did you watch the movie? Yeah. Okay, so did you, like, did you like Daniel Craig at least? Was there any shining moment? Daniel Craig as Lord Asriel was phenomenal. Okay. Um, Nicole Kidman as Mrs. Coulter was really, really, really good. Okay. Um, the little girl that played Lyra was good. The cast was really good. It was just the, it was the just way they handled the story. movie. Okay, all right. So we see... Lord Asriel has a baby in his hands. Uh, he arrives in the middle of the Great Flood, which is very much an Easter egg. I didn't know about it. It's very much an Easter egg if you are really into the series and you've read both the His Dark Materials trilogy and the prequel book before it, Okay, which I have not read. So I was like, what the fuck is this flood? Why is there water everywhere? Um, But the Great Flood is is, uh, the setting for when Asriel shows up with baby Lyra and he takes her to the college and invokes Scholastic Sanctuary. Which you said was also new for you, right? It was new for me, apparently. It's, again, it's apparently in the books, but I either don't remember it or it's another thing that's in. Now now I'm wondering who am I doing the podcast with. I know, I don't don't know about it. Okay, Uh, so then here's a question then. 
are are there any descriptions of the college being like really underwater? No. Okay. Because I'm like the flood explains other characters and their mode of transportation kind of it, well at least to Not me necessarily. the egyptians always lived that way well it kind of explained it to me that's how i interpreted it gotcha. but we'll get there when we get there so but yeah the flood is something that was a prequel that you didn't yeah i know, know. i had, i did not know about that um okay. yeah so he shows up with baby lyra gives her to the master of jordan college invokes scholastic sanctuary which basically is just like this child can live here. I'm telling, I'm invoking Scholastic Sanctuary. You have to take her. You have to raise her. She has to live here. And you can't say no to me. I wonder and, why. And I wonder if they're going to go into more of that. Like, why is that a rule? Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the master of Jordan College, you know, tells him, he's like, this is not a place for a child. We've never, like, we've never had one here. She, uh, for all intents and purposes, is the first child that has ever lived in Jordan College in this way. And again, that confused me too, because I'm like, it's a building with people take care of a, another human. She's not different from... But the scholars are very... I mean, they're scholars. They're very uptight. They're very, like, they live their lives for their research, and they don't want distractions, and they don't want kids, and they're not... They don't deal with... This isn't their life. I can see them seeing it as, like, a distraction. Like, we don't have time to raise a child because we're always studying or we're mm-hmm. always researching. But you have staff members that are Who there. Who have jobs. Yeah, but, like, does no one have kids? But also, she's a very... You're not going to give her to a servant. But I'm saying there's no relationships in this place. There's women there. There's men there. Nobody snuck into a kitchen. Did you see any women and any female scholars? No, no, just the the help, I'm saying, though. Right. Like, just the lower class people. Mm -hmm. Because that's usually... I mean, that's where you're going to get the freedoms to do some stuff. So, nobody, not one other kid was there? Okay. (laughs) I mean, like, accidentally? Or do they send them away? Who knows? I think you do. You're just not telling me right now. Do they killing kids? No, because... Okay, whatever. Because you make it seem like, okay, kids aren't supposed to be here. So they deal with them, quote, unquote. Yes. I don't know what you're talking about. Stack up books on top of them accidentally in the library or something. Like, oh, well, your baby... You're just going to a dark place. It's just dark materials. There you go. It's a dark podcast. Okay. Um, so then we go into, so we go into 12 years later. So all of that, that everything that preceded that is not in the books. The whole, like the book starts when Lyra is 12 years old. Okay. You don't know how she got there or really, I mean, it kind of explains, but you don't see it. Um, Well, hold on. We skipped over a whole thing. I mean, you, you went through it fast explaining that everybody in the universe has a demon. Right. So this way you were confused about this and I am upset about the way they're doing it too, but I have a feeling it's because of budget. Every single person Every single person yes. has a demon. If you are a human being, you have a demon. You cannot live without your demon. Your demon cannot live without you. But? But it there are almost no background characters with visible demons in the show. And I have a feeling it's just because of the CGI budget. So in the books, if they anybody, like if a servant came up, do they ever explain what that servant's demon is? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, okay. It's a, like you're, it, they'll, they'll describe a person. He has uh, dark hair. He has blue eyes. He has a butterfly demon. Okay. It's just okay. a regular descriptor of a person. But they just glanced over it with the budget because they're yeah. like, we don't have it right now. And I'm almost... I'm I'm hit and miss on that because on the one hand, it sucks that you can't see it, and I'm hoping season two gets a bigger budget so they can. But on the other hand, I have a feeling they saved the budget so that the ones that they did do look really good, and the demons look good. Yeah, none of the animals looked bad They look at really all. good. But they were all actually 
the still, CG was still Maria, I think, is probably probably would have been the hardest one to do, um, which is Lord Asriel's leopard demon. Okay. For the longest time, I, th- I kept calling her Hester, which is somebody else's demon that we'll get to later. Can demon? So for those that are like me and are in the not know, uh, demons are just animals, basically. Yes. Because uh, the wording is animals, uh, insects, reptiles, but anything. not sea creatures. No, they can. There's people with really? like, yeah. You're, if your demon turns into a dolphin, they they actually talk about it later in how the, like, the hell the do series. you? Because you said they if can't be demon, separated. Yeah, right? if your demon turns into a dolphin, you have to live on the water. Oh, screw that! Screw that! Yeah, the, come that, on. That is a specific instance that comes up, like as and there's like, like water people out there. Just people that are fishers and they're fishermen and they live on boats. And so, wait, what if they're like deep sea creatures? How do they survive? Plot holes already. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it because I was like. What if the flood had a whole bunch of just sea, you know, demons just spawned because of the flood, and now they're just like, oh, well, we got to be water people now. Yeah. Mm, okay. Um, but yeah, so there was, I, I know there was a lot of confusion on, on demons and how they work, um, and and you had asked me, like, can demons talk to other people? Well, because there's scenes in there where you see a person talking to their demon, and that's fine, mm-hmm. but then it never seemed like they acknowledged any other humans around. Or humans never spoke to them or something. They so, always got, like, animal noises from them. Yeah. But they just never really interacted. So in that first opening text, it's, it tells you that the bond between a person and their demon is sacred. Okay. You do not... One of the mo- one of the worst things you can ever do is to touch someone else's demon. You would never, ever touch somebody else's demon because you're basically touching their soul. And okay. that kind of goes a little bit into... Like, you can talk to the people's demons, but it's generally on their terms. If a person's demon talks to you, then that's fine. And you can kind of, like, you know, you can converse with them. But for the most part, you're going to talk with the person. But you said the demons can interact but with each other. demons can talk with each other. And if you, there's, like, a language barrier, if you and I spoke different languages, uh-huh. our demons could still communicate. And it's it's a way to pass the language barrier. It's translation. Okay. Um, but yeah, so the, the bond between a person and their demon, between a person and their soul, is incredibly sacred. Okay. And very, so, very interesting. Lyra's dropped off. He invoked uh, sanctuary, basically. Uh, Twelve years later, she's in the classroom. Is that what's going on? Uh, it's when she is running across the rooftops with Roger. It's the race with Roger, right? Oh, yeah, it's the race with Roger first. Yeah. And... And that's really just to set the scene of, like, this kid is her best friend and also kind of how she behaves. She's a very precocious child. She gets into things that she's not supposed to. She, she goes places drinks. she's not supposed to. She drinks. She's an alcoholic she at breaks. the age of 12. Yeah, and she doesn't, she doesn't care for rules. She doesn't care for people telling her what to do. She wants to. That didn't come across too much, though. Yeah. So, like, I know you don't watch anime, but there's an anime name uh, called Naruto. Weeb. And in the beginning, they establish his um his character as the troublemaker cuz they show him going around the village doing a whole bunch of just mischief and then he like spray paints you know sacred artifacts and stuff like that and so if that's the point that they were trying to get across it was just a race to me i just all it did for me was establish that these two are friends these yeah. two are close and i i One do like how they did their scenes together yeah. throughout the whole Her series and Roger are like I mean, they're best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the, if you remember the the court, the sort of crypt that they go into, I don't know if you noticed, but on one of the walls, it's just a wall of skulls. Yes, because they, they show the skulls, camera through that all yeah. the time. So each of those skulls has coins on the eyes, and those are old scholars that have died. And there's a scene where she she takes one of the coins, she steals it, 
In the book, there is. In the book, yeah. Okay. She, she steals the coin. And then later on, she has a nightmare. And, like, it's under her pillow. She has a nightmare about something. And she freaks out and goes and puts it back. But that's, like, she doesn't care about tradition. She doesn't care about rules. She doesn't, you know, she... Roger is afraid in the crypts. You know, he doesn't like all the skeletons and the dead bodies. And she's making fun of him for it. And Yeah, I mean, it's to show the different personalities. She's, she's and, brave. You know, brave? She's very brave, to a fault. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, but we are, yeah, so my note says the demons all look really good, and I could not get over how much I loved uh, Stelmaria's voice. I don't know who that voice actress is, but... You didn't look that up? Because I, I thought I you was, just knew the actress, no. and you were like, oh, I really love No, she just blah, blah, sounds blah. really good. I'm, like, addicted to her voice. Um, I do have one note from the title sequence. Lin-Manuel Miranda's name is not in the, in the title sequence. Uh, Which me- leads me to believe he's not a main cast member. He's a guest star. Or maybe he's just not in the first episode. No, because he'd still be in the main the main title sequence if he's a main cast member. Because contractually, you have to be. If really? He's, yeah. Okay. I mean, so maybe he's going to show up as a, a guest star, which so means you he's did only going to be in a few episodes. So you don't know. Do you know his character? Yeah. Oh, so then you should know how much he'd be in it then, right? I do, and I'm surprised that he's not a main cast really? member. Really? So do you think that they changed maybe the story then? I think they're going to, I think it's going to end up being fast-tracked in certain places, um, and I hope that he's brought on as a main cast member, at least for season two. Okay. Hi, Millie. My dog is climbing on Aaron and licking his arm. She's really friendly whenever she wants to be. Yes. Okay. But um, I'm trying to find the voice actress while you're going, so go ahead. Um, What's the name of the... the, the Stelmaria. 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 Okay. Um, so she sees Lord Asriel. She sees him coming to Jordan College. He's arrived. Um, Roger points him out, and she gets Wait, very Wait, beforehand, no, you're missing, though, because they showed a little bit of him before he gets oh, the still. because they I added mean, the, that scene. That's not in the books. Oh, that's not in the books? No. Okay. They, there's a couple scenes that they added um, that I understand them adding for, like, sort of world building and setting, because um, you view the world through Lyra's eyes, okay, and that's not something Lyra would have seen. can't look her up. It's fine. We'll find it later. No, I can I can find her. It's just I saw cast names of something. Oh, so. no. I, as soon as I saw something that said witch, I stopped. Oh, no. But I knew there's witches already, so, okay. I didn't see anything. Um, But... Yeah, so, so you, they, they show Lord Asriel. He's up in the north. You see the Aurora Borealis. Yep. He's taking photographs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, I don't know what that guy's name is. Is that not just a character? Or maybe it's he just might made be, up? but it's so inconsequential that he I He, like, brings remember. him back to, or he brings whatever pictures he has back to some guy in a, in a lab. and um, They've clearly captured something. Yeah, they've captured something because, like, something that's, you know, the guy's hands had to be clean for him to touch it. And he's like, I'm going to take this back to the college, this evidence back to the college, you know, so they believe me. Uh, or if they don't believe me, they'll believe, what was the other guy's? Him. No, 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 no. The, they, he said the guy's name. No, he doesn't. I could have sworn he said he the guy's name. Uh, well, he's, he just okay. says we're bringing a friend, and he picks something up that yeah. you don't know what it is. Yeah. And he says if they don't believe us, they'll believe him. Okay. And then, you know. And it's very vague. Yeah, it's very, very vague. Yes. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so then you kind of go back, and, and Lyra sees him, and she gets very excited because she hasn't seen Lord Asriel in a very long time. A year. A year. Yeah. She says it's, you know, I haven't seen you in almost a year when she finally sees him. Um, so she runs across Jordan, you know, runs across the rooftops, and sees something she's not supposed to see. She sees the master of Jordan College poisoning the wine he's about to serve to Lord Asriel. Which confuses the crap out of me. Because I don't know the relationship between Asriel and... Um, the master. And the master. Like, 
it seems like they have some type of history, you know, from the beginning. You I mean, think clearly that, you trusted him enough yeah. to leave his niece. So if with you him. trusted this person enough to leave a family member that you care for, but this person would be quick to poison you. And he doesn't seem surprised. And he doesn't. He's like, like yeah. somebody probably tried to kill me. And he, I think he makes a comment later that I probably deserved it or something. He like made it, he made some comment. Well, he, he just says he's he just not surprised because really of, I guess, what he's doing. Yeah. So he knows there's going to be assassins. But so when she sees that and she stops it, you know, like uh, when Lyra stops him from drinking the poison. Yeah, she's, she shoves the glass out of his hand. He almost breaks her arm, though. Yeah, the little girl just snapped his wine out of his hand. No. Okay, so this is what I thought, though. I thought. He's so untrusting of everybody. She's been here for a long time. She could have been brainwashed by these people. Not necessarily brainwashed, but like Mm -hmm. she thinks like them now. So she could be an assassin as well. And I I thought they were going to go with that like whole thing. And I'm like. I see where you're going. And he's he's Batman. Like he's Batman. (laughs) I don't trust anybody. Batman doesn't even trust Superman. I mean, he does say that. He says, I don't trust anybody. But he trusts her to spy. Like he trusts her to, you know. Spy. <laughs> so he shoves her. He shoves her in a in a floorboard or a cupboard. Yeah, and tells her to, to spy on whatever's happening, uh, to keep keep watch on whatever. Yes. Um. And he talks about pay close attention, especially when dust is mentioned. Yes. So you've got your first inclination that something called dust is important. Yeah, but they don't explain really anything right then and there. So when I first watched it, I was just like, "Why are they talking about dirt?" Like that's and that's it? exactly the comment Roger makes later he in the does. episode. Yes, and so I think that was that was written written well until mm-hmm. you get the actual whatever full explanation or whatever. So I'm curious what the meeting and what the pictures look like from your perspective because I know what everything is. But okay, so the next scene then she's talking about there. Uh, Azrael is having a, a meeting with all the the scholars. And he's showing the proof that he, or he's showing the evidence that he found in the north. Mm-hmm. So he shows uh, a picture that he took of, I guess, a, a man and a child. And then he shows a different way that he took the film or yeah, the, the a picture. A different kind of emulsion that yeah. he produced the photo in. And it shows like just glowing dust particles around the adult. And I mean, it right now it kind of doesn't really mean anything besides something special or something unique happens to adults only and children are immune to it. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing until uh, we didn't even discuss that. Um, we'll get there because we haven't gotten to the ceremony yet, which is really okay. where you kind of so, get that. <clears throat> so the dust doesn't affect the kids. That's what it is. Lyra's behind the little uh, you know floorboard and she's seeing all this um, go down, and this is freaking the hell out of the master. He's like, this is heresy. This is, you know, this is not supposed to be discussed. So whatever this dust stuff is, clearly um, the powers that be don't want people to know about it, which I don't understand why you wouldn't want. That is very much intentional. You're not supposed to understand right now. Okay. Because Lyra doesn't understand. Yeah, okay. She's never heard of dust before. All right. So, but everybody else has, I'm guessing, in that uh, room. It, it would appear that everybody in the room knows what it is. Okay. And she doesn't understand. And, and they're then, not supposed to talk about it. But then it. the bigger thing on top of that is his next picture that he shows where he's, where they show Aurora Borealis, David Boreanis up in the sky. And nice he, family guy joke. They made that one shows, first. Wow, okay, whatever. I can still, still, whatever. And then he shows a different slide with a different picture. And you see there's a full-blown city in the sky. And that really freaks everybody out. Like, holy crap, there's 
something out there. So clearly, yes, somebody's hiding everything from the the people that are supposed to have free knowledge. Like they can study anything they want. They can learn anything they want. Like there's supposed to be no limits on the knowledge they can get, but something is being hidden from them. One of their own, because then he, that's when they shows the, the frozen head. Mm-hmm. He found one of their scholars out there. Dr. Samuel Grumman. Dr. Samuel Grumman. Because I guess he went out there under the auspices, or he told them that he was going out there for one thing, but he was actually going out there to follow another group, yeah, right? Yeah, he told them he was going somewhere called Svalbard. Yeah. And then he went much further north than that. Yes. So he comes back with uh, Grubus's head, because that's all he, I guess, can bring back. That's all they found. Uh, he has one guy that I guess knew Grubus. Uh, I, uh, Grubin? Grumman. Grumman? Grumman. Okay, whatever. He has one guy that knew Grumman, identify the head the best he could, but they're all old dudes with glasses, and then it was in dirty ice, so it was just like. Which is <laughs> weird. I don't remember it being that way in the book. I think it was just a head, and you could see, anybody could see who it was. Yeah, I couldn't that see was who that was. An interesting I could, way to do that. I didn't even know there was a head in there. Maybe they didn't want to show a severed head. That's stupid. It's HBO. What do we? What it's do BBC. We? HBO didn't make the show. Oh. BBC made the show. I thought this was HBO and HBO is the global distributor. It's so that anybody mm. outside of Britain can see it. So Britain has shown like nudity and stuff like that, though. So a head, severed head, is whatever. Anyway, uh, but it freaks people out. And then um, Azrael says one of the coldest lines that I've heard in the whole thing of you know who will stand against me. When he's trying to get a vote to get more money to go north even I further. I love that because he's, that's so, that's so Asriel because like he would never be the type to be like, okay, well, who will stand with me and support me in this? He's like, exactly. which one of you motherfuckers is going to say no to me? Yeah, I, when I heard, I was, I literally, when I first heard that in the, when I first watched it, I was like, that's probably the way I'm going to say it from now on. I'd be like, <laughs> who stands against me? And just be like, okay. Because it's, it's like, Asriel. you put it right on the people of like, okay, now, who's going to stand up? Who's going to be the first in the group to be like, oh, well, I don't think you... No, no, you're not. You're not going to be. You don't have the balls to do that. And then there are a whole bunch of old dudes, whatever. So, the thing that I understand, though, he had a spy still, Lyra, mm-hmm. in, in the little cupboard or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Forgets that she's there. She didn't really spy on anything. Like, what was she supposed to be spying for? So, she's supposed to be... that. The way that they worded it is weird. He wants her to spy on the Master Jordan College always. Not just in that meeting. Okay, see, I thought it was just for that meeting. And I was like, no. okay, what am I missing? In the book, she goes into the, the retiring room, which is a place she is It's not supposed to be. It is very, like, if she gets caught there, it's it's bad. She is not supposed to be there. They really don't say that much. Why? Yeah, it's, that's right. I get yeah. it. I get it. I get um, it. And so she she hides in the cupboard when she hears somebody. She's, like, just messing around. She's like, well, I'm not allowed in here, so I'm going to come in here. And so she's just messing around, and she hears somebody coming, so she hides in a cupboard. And sees the poisoning. Okay. And then when they leave, she's like, there's like some dinner or something going on and she can't leave it. She's basically stuck there all night, you know, until, for hours ah. until Lord Azriel happens to show up. She didn't go there for him in the book. So he didn't know she was there? No. He had no idea she was there. Okay. So until just she that. jumps out and smashes the bottle. Yeah. And, you know, the whole thing kind of goes down. Okay. Um, but yeah, he wants her to, to spy on the Master of Jordan College always. He's like, okay. you know, you need to be my eyes here. Keep they an eye needed, on what's happening. They, they probably should have changed that because it's a short period of time mm-hmm. before anything. Like, she doesn't have enough time to spy on anything yeah. between the, the series of events that happen. 
Well, that also wasn't planned. What the? You didn't know. You didn't. You know, nobody really knew that. Again, the the show handles that kind of differently than the book does. Um, but anyway, so you've seen this meeting. You've yes. you've been introduced to the concept of dust. Don't know what it is though. No it's, idea. What right it now, is. it literally is just dust. Yeah. And so he, I I do like how they do the thing. Stelmaria has to remind him that Lyra is in the wall. Oh yeah, like, oh, he doesn't the know. Child. He doesn't really care. He says the. Oh, she just says the child, right? The child. Like your niece. The thing, yeah. Like, come yeah. on, you are they attached to family? Your souls, your demons. I mean, they're attached to you, and if you're attached to your family, then they're attached to your family. But there's no like, um, I, I want to say soul resonance so bad. <laughs> there's no like connection. Like, if I am sad, my demon is sad. There's yeah. no, there is stuff like yeah, that your too. Your demon's mood can affect you, and your mood can affect okay. your demon. Okay. But we are still independent. Yes. It's just sometimes. But you you feel them there. You yeah. feel that connection. Okay. Um, but like they again, it's it's done really well in the book. I really like how they talk about it. But like she'll she'll talk about or she'll think about um, like we need to be quiet and I have to calm down because I can be quiet. But if Pan is nervous, he's gonna make noise. So I need to be calm so that he doesn't make a noise. Okay. All right. Um, or like she'll talk about like she she would you know she doesn't understand why, but suddenly she's very nervous and it's because Pan is nervous. And she feels what he feels. Don't like that. Wouldn't like that at all. <laughs> you would be a wreck. With my, my if, little dog here. Yes. <laughs> if, if neurotic if Millie dog was here. your your demon, you would be a wreck. You would be a great pair. Oh. Um, but yeah, so he so he he pulls her out of the wall by her leg. Pulls her out, yeah, picks her yeah. up, takes her upstairs. It's, He's very it's a very tender moment, which is odd. Okay, yeah. But I watching it again, so I thought when I when I saw that, I was like, this is oddly tender and then i watched it again tonight and i kind of registered it yesterday but like he puts her on the uh, on the bed backwards her feet are yeah. at the pillow her head is at the at the back and i i was reading um somebody's review of the episode and they made a comment about how it kind of shows that he almost cares about her he cares enough to get her to bed but not enough to do it right he, it's like it, it i kind of shows i care about her safety but i'm not caring about her well-being right because he didn't even give her i don't even think he gave her a pillow yeah, he did. He took it off the other side and gave it and to put her. it above put it her above head. Her, yeah. He didn't put her on. Yeah, he didn't lift her head and put it on there. He just put it above and then he fluffed it. And I was like, for what? If she's not laying on it, and you can tell that that she's awake. Yeah, and she's not telling him. Yeah, which I liked because it kind of shows in a way like she she enjoys what he, she enjoys that he's caring for her. And, and it makes sense. It's her only connection to her family. Only family. Yeah, that's she's it. nobody. Yeah. Except this uncle that comes around once a year maybe. Exactly. Um so you'd ask about that too. You'd ask me um if it was uh, like how often does she see him or something? Like was it weird that he was gone for so long? You texted me something. Uh, I think it was something lines. along the lines of is he like continuously like I'm gone a year, come back. I'm gone a year, come back. Or is he and with no communication. He's not like serious, right? Or nah. he's like, writing they always. Show, or... They show a postcard on her wall, but there's only one, and she's okay. put it on her wall. All right, yeah, okay. So it's not like uh, serious black and no. hairy because they communicate. Absolutely not. Okay. Yeah, no. Asriel, right. you know, she exists, and when it's convenient for him, he'll acknowledge her, and he'll he'll. That's you know, an interesting. I mean, there are people like that. I understand. So it's an interesting character. It's a new take on the character. I, I want to see how that evolves. Like, how does that relationship evolve as the show goes on? Because if it stays static like that throughout the whole thing, that's going to be irritating to me. And you get in this scene the inclination or the, the impression that she wants 
she wants to go with him. She wants yeah. to go north. She asks him to take her to the north. She wants to go to the north. She has mountains and polar bears that she's drawn on her walls. It's her dream. She wants to be an explorer. She wants him to take her with her. Yeah, and I, I've, that's a relatable feeling because when I was a kid, I wanted to leave California. If I've, I've only seen California type of situation when I was a kid. And at the chance to just go uh, when my family was going to go to uh, Texas for a family reunion, uh, I was like, I want to go. Like, I want to get out of here. So that's a relatable thing, mm-hmm. you know. And then I went to Texas and. <sighs> and you came back to California. Yes, very much so. <laughs> so after this, I believe, is when we get um, the first scene with the Egyptians. Yes. Okay, so now we can talk about. So the settling ceremony. Yes. So this is another scene that is not in the books. Not in the books. This, this, this does not exist in the books. They, so, I can understand why they added it, and I don't knock them for doing so. It sets the world in, again, a, a way that Lyra wouldn't have seen. Well, explain the settling. So settling is when... So your demon, as you see in the show, like her demon and Roger's demon, they change at will. They can just shapeshift into whatever animal they want. When you reach puberty, your demon settles into the form that it will stay for the rest of your life. And that's totally their choice. Yeah. The demon's choice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you can, I mean, and it, there's even, you know, it, it may not even be a choice. It may just be something that happens. Like uh, like they were just stuck because they kept switching and switching, and then all of a sudden, well, oh, like crap, Pan, I'm an octopus. They, you know, she and Roger have a conversation about it, and she says, well, Pan thinks he's going to be a, li- a lion. Pan doesn't know because he doesn't get to choose. Oh, that is true. I remember happens. that. See, I, before, because I was always thinking in every story, mm-hmm. there's always the one character that's the special person that they have some type of destiny before the chosen them one. exactly yeah so whenever i was seeing them race in the beginning and i kept noticing her um pet cha- changing well at least i thought it was wow. just He's hers not a pet. it is How basically dare you. That is offensive it is basically a pet so when i noticed her demon changing i was like that's a dope little like that's her special power she can have a changeling like yes this is dope like she's an x-men like she can have a bird for one second a rat for another a a moth, because he turned into like a little moth when they were hiding and spying, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "That's cool." But then when I saw this scene with the, the Egyptians, Egyptians, I keep wanting to say gypsies because of topical, <laughs> yeah, topical. We but the Egyptians and how they settle for which yeah. So they they have a a ceremony. Um, they make him a ring. Uh, they make a whole big out of deal silver out from of, everybody that everybody's donate. donated, which yeah. is big because Egyptians are poor. Yeah, um, so makes, but they're yeah. very like it. Kind of shows you they're very very community based. Yeah, like the whole thing, you know. Whereas Lyra doesn't know anybody, and you know she's kind of just thrown into this place where nobody really kind of has a chance to care for her. The Egyptians are very much about their community. Now you said in the book there's more interaction between Lyra and the Egyptians in yeah, the early on because there's no kids at Jordan College, so she yeah. has nobody to play with. So she goes and plays with the Egyptian kids. They made it seem then only in the show. They've only made it seem like her and um, and Roger and Roger are that's that's her whole childhood experience. Mm-hmm. And for okay. the most part, he is because he. I mean, he's he's close by because he's a servant. Does in, he go in, to the Egyptians too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. they go and play with them together. Um, why wouldn't they? Excuse me. Why wouldn't they make him Egyptian then? Why wouldn't they make Roger Egyptian? Yeah, like the liaison between Egyptians and her. Mm. That would be kind of an interesting take then, like. Like the boy in the pajamas, you know, that type of... Yikes. 
Well, I mean, you know. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a dark <laughs> podcast. Dark materials. That's that's what it is. Yes. Um. But yeah. So we meet the Costas, Ma Costa, Tony, who it's his, uh, it's his ceremony. His little brother Billy, who all multiracial, the and whole family. <laughs> and I was just like, really? These guys are all so the Asian kid and the the white mom and the black kid. They're all one. Okay. I mean, it happens. I've See, seen it were, before. Were any of them Asian? No, I'm just using oh, okay, okay. for comedic. Thank you for ruining the joke. The, whatever. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, so they have this whole ceremony. You kind of get a, a look at the Egyptians. Um, what did you think? I thought I, I liked it. I wanted to know more about the Egyptians, though. And I thought I was going to get some exposition from the guy coming up. You know, when they said, who's going to train, you know, the boy and his bird? Right. And the guy that came up, did they say his name? They he, did. he says his name and his uh, demon's name. But, and I cannot remember what it but was. But when they, when they came up and they went through like, hey, you know what we're about. You know our ways. Are you willing to uphold these ways? What are these ways, bro? <laughs> so I was waiting on that. And he you got to have something to learn through the rest of the season. Well, you I can't just, know everything. I just want to know just the basic of the Egyptians. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we do this, we do this, we do this. Are you going to uphold those? And then to me, that feels like that would give that character some um, some struggle because he has to. There's going to be something that he has to deal with. Is he going to still be able to uphold these ways while he's trying to take care of this situation that's happening? Interesting. But I don't know these ways, so I, I mean, he's kind of free form to do whatever the hell he wants now, right? Interesting. Like I said, I don't know about it, so like, yeah. I'm thinking. I can't say anything one way or the other. I understand, but <laughs> my <laughs> initial <laughs> thought was. Because, like, right after the ceremony, uh, his little brother basically gets kidnapped. Yes. And my initial thought was, he's going to have to break these ways to go and find his own little brother. But interesting, it goes different, you know, yeah. whatever. So I was like, that's going to be his kind of... So there's, like, two parallel stories going on right now. Because right, there's Lyra's story. Yeah. And there's the Egyptian story. And there's Egyptian stories, Yes. And, and where are those going to kind of are they are they going to intersect? Where are they going to intersect? I mean, I know at least in episode two they might intersect because they're kind of we'll get to it at the end only because they're kind of going the same direction. But I mean, you knew that before the trailer. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did because they specifically say the Egyptians are going to London, and so is. Lyra. No, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> not not the, I wasn't talking about the trailer. Oh, I, I like, said that's why I know that. because of the end of the episode. Yeah. But um, no, I'm interested in the Egyptians. I want to see more because they're they're very you know community based. And they look out for, it seems like, the world. But I feel like they feel like they're looking out for themselves. Yeah. And one of the things that I'm hoping that they'll go more into, because um, you meet, so after this, we meet John Fa uh, and Fata Coram. And, they, I mean, they're very, clearly very important people. Yeah. He's they're the very, king of the north. I mean, basically, he's the king of the west, I believe. I thought he, uh, he did she say western king? I thought she, yeah. he was a northern king. Ooh. I believe he's king of the Western, whatever. Um, anyway, he's an important person. Yes. Um, and so he comes in and he, he mentions, you know, Billy is not the first person to disappear. And he mentions leading the episode, 26 Egyptian children have just have disappeared. Yes. And so they have decided or they, they've, they've, they believe they've discovered that these children are being taken to London. Um, and so they're going to go and do that. But in the books, it's hammered into you that children are the most important thing in the world to Egyptians. Everybody, like, when you have a child, everybody raises that child. The entire, it's, you know, that it takes, takes a, a village. village. Yeah. The entire, so, you know, Ma Costa, who just lost her son, you know, lost her little boy, but the entire community lost Billy. I mean, I felt that in the, the scenes yeah. because, especially when they go to look and then it kind of looks like they're stopping 
and going back. But then he's like, yeah, no, nah, we're just going to rally up, go mm-hmm. to where we think they are. And the whole crew's coming. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's that's it. Which she didn't, the actress, uh, maybe, I don't know if she got the cue to, but that when, when that scene happened between him and her, she didn't seem like she was re- relieved with that answer. Like that they were going because she didn't want to. She she because to accept that they're going to look for Billy in London is to accept that he's been taken. And she doesn't think he's been taken because she doesn't want to. He's lost. Oh. Nobody's kidnapped Billy. He's just lost. And if they leave, he won't be able to find them. And Fa John Fa is trying to tell her, like, you know, I know that you know and you don't want to admit it, but you know that he's been kidnapped the yeah. way that these twenty six other kids have, and we're gonna go get them. Okay, but, so but that she, I understand that yeah. now. Yeah, I was thinking, I was like, why does she not want to go get uh, little little Billy Boy here? No, because like, she doesn't want to admit that he's been taken. Okay, She's but scared. by by whom? Because they they start no they 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 know oh, they, the kids have a name for it. Yeah, and gobblers. well, he called it the goblins too, or whatever. Gobblers, whatever the gobblers. Gobblers, uh, which we didn't talk about how they portrayed, I guess. These uh, gobblers, mm-hmm. which they showed the like fox a demon. fox demon, and then somebody kind of humming or whistling a, a song, yeah. um, and then just snatching them up in a regular net. Yeah, like there, there was nothing mystical about it besides they're just kidnappers. Yeah. Okay. So and yeah, and, and Billy is is nervous, but his demon goes toward the fox demon. His his demon of a his, squirrel, his, his squirrel at the time, demon, yeah, because he's not of age to have a right. settled right? right. Okay. Yeah. He's a little boy. Exactly. And um, so it's just teenagers that have it, that settled, Once you right? hit puberty, yeah. Okay. okay. Um, so, yeah, so John Fa later in the episode calls them gobblers, but yep. um, first we go back to Lyra and Roger, and they're talking about it. He mentions that Billy Costa has disappeared. Correct. And he mentions it's the gobblers, and she's like, the gobblers aren't real. Like, See, that should have been the witches. <laughs> That's what I feel like. The witches aren't real. Yeah, like the witches aren't real. So, okay. So this whole over thing, because... Have we got to the scene where they go to the uh, magisterium? Magisterium. I can't remember where in the episode that was. That's stuck in there somewhere. It's somewhere in there. So, but we do see the magisterium, and we see Lord Boreal and Father Fail. I, I only know. know the name. I only rec- They say it very quickly, okay. and I only recognize it because I know who it is. Okay. So the the black guy is Lord Boreal. Okay. And the other one, I believe, is Father McPhail, but I'm not certain on that one. By the way, everybody. Uh, that was black in this show, uh, immaculate hair. <laughs> like, for some reason, they're all old, but all their hair is there. And, like, vibrant, like, grown. And I'm like, really? Nobody's balding, little, huh? A little jealous? Hint, hint oh, no, I don't like having that much hair. I cut all my hair oh, off. Sure. How dare you? Okay. It's not bald. Sure. How dare you? Anyway. It's like uh, the, the, when they asked Turk. He's like, oh, t- do you shave because <laughs> you like it or because no. you're going bald? I like it. I'm not going bald. I had it. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> what I was getting to is I'm perceiving witches as an antagonist, goblins or gobblers as antagonists, um, the church as an antagonist, and crap. Was that it? I think three. You know, I think like three. So I'm like, I'm, I'm like, who's kind of the bad right are they all intertwined somehow right that's 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 where i'm at right now so i'm looking at everybody is kind of just there's these three main villains i'm excited to look back on this like when we get to the end and we have like the wrap-up for the season yeah i mean kind of and then because i started before i'll probably come back and listen to this episode and then be like oh well see (laughs) i didn't know that you know gobblers were actually 
yeah, the so, heroes of it and everything. Yeah. So we go to the Magisterium and we see the scene between Lord Boreal, who has a spy in that meeting, because he knows what they talked about in that meeting, yeah. even though the master was very clear that nobody talks about this, we're not discussing this. Which we're is done. lies. All um, lies. So he knows what happened in the meeting, and he's very he's clearly worried about it. The Magisterium is worried about whatever it is that Lord Asriel is doing. Which is, because like right now it just doesn't seem like it's anything threatening to them. He found a city. Cool. He found dust is around adults. Cool. Like, is dust midichlorians? Does that mean they're Jedi or something? Like, uh, uh, kids don't have dust. So, or is dust uh, like a metaphor? Like, you have dust over your eyes and you can't see the truth. That's why they can't see. uh, uh, They can't see uh, um, the city. Because so maybe like if Lyra was in the north by herself with her naked eye looking at the uh, Aurora Borealis, she doesn't see Aurora Borealis. She sees the city because she doesn't have dust in her. Look, I've already solved it. Boom. What are we even doing this podcast for? I just <laughs> solved the whole story right there. Interesting. All right. All right. Because mind you, this was written for what ages? Um, Young adults. I mean. Young it, adults. Come on. How old were you? I was really young when I read it. You're like seven, six? I was probably like between seven and ten when okay. I started it for the first time. Okay. But again, it's one of those things like you can read it, but like I said, like I appreciate it more as an adult because I understand the things that I didn't, that went over my head as a kid. So how's this dust theory ranking on you? Don't give I me don't the know. poker. Don't give me the poker know. face right we'll now. Have to see. No, okay. All right. It's dust in the eyes. I'm telling you. Um, they can see magic or something. So yeah, the Magisterium is clearly very worried about whatever it is that Asriel yes. is doing and is out to stop it. And it causes uh, Azeroth. Asriel. Asriel. It's a lot of, it's new verbiage I have to learn, so it's going to take a minute. <laughs> Lord Asriel. Lord Asriel causes him to bounce quick. Yep. Because he's like. Although, that's 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 after. We, uh, or. That's just where that was, after, no, their, after no, they show the meeting. she shows up. She shows up after he leaves, I believe. Yeah, yeah, he's gone yeah, by the he's, time, he's what's her name, comes. comes in. Yeah, so he leaves on the. Uh, so he's already gone by the time we get to the Magisterium because yeah. she arrives right after the Magisterium because yes. they make sure, like, they end the scene, you know, something. They say something about her. And the next thing you see is this new character walk in. Yes. And um, she has a monkey with her. But so do we want to go back to Lord Asriel leaving? Because you had some questions about yes. that. Yes. So, okay. So they did a little more exposition there mm-hmm. when um, Lyra says, Hey, is this the type of plane or this type of airship. airship that my parents died on. Yeah. So he, so she, Roger tells her that she, that he's leaving and she has no idea and she freaks yeah. out and she says, not without me. And she races across Jordan college. Yes. She gets to the airship. He's packing up. She's screaming at him. She's like, you promised you would take me. You promised you would take me one day. Like, don't leave. You're not leaving without me. And he's like, I don't have time for you. Yeah. He's like, I don't, I don't have time for you now. Yes. Like you need to get the fuck out. I have things to do and yes. you are not part of that. And I don't care. Like, very, very callous. Yes. Uh, doesn't care that she's the whole, upset. The whole scene, even when she's asking about her parents' death and everything like that, he's like, nah, the plane was smaller than this one. <laughs> like, yeah. Very, very callous the whole time. Uh, Roger doing a good job of, like, hearing that and understanding, like, you're a dick, dude. Yeah. And then when he takes off, he's like, you know, she's special. Like, treat her as such. Mm-hmm. And he's like, everybody's special. Like, Nobody's nobody's unique in this world. We're all special. It's the same thing. And yeah. then he just flies off. And he's out. And he's just out. So Bounce. he really established himself as a dick. Yes. Um, that is just, it's it's almost like one of those things where I don't know who ever as a child experienced this, but it's one of those things where your parents love you, yes, 
But if they're like in a pinch and they don't have money, it's like you're going to eat whatever I put on the table because it will keep you alive. Yeah. I don't care about it tasting good to you. That's what it is. So it seems like that's what he's like. You will be alive. You'll be fine. And that's the end of his involvement. Exactly. Yeah. And that's it. And that's he'll all come I need. visit her when he when it's convenient for him. And, and he's really, not even really not, visiting. It's yeah. Not to visit her. It's just it's business. Yeah. And it's, he yeah. just happens, you know, oh, she's here too. I guess I'll say hi. Yeah. She's alive. Okay. Or even, you know, he didn't even say hi. She just, she ran to him. That is true. Um, so you she, get this idea yeah. that she she wants this relationship. She wants to be with him. And he's like, I don't got time for you. The I got better that, things to do. But the thing that's weird then, and I'm guessing they're going to go into it further as the show goes on, is then it's just why do you care if she's alive or, like, if you showed up there, you have your your mission that you're trying to, you know, accomplish. Mm-hmm. Why would it matter, like, if you, if, if she, if he landed and then the master came up and was like, Lyra died last night. Would he still be on, just be like, okay. Or would he be like, sad and, you know. Because like, you're treating this person like they're an accessory that you don't need. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, that kind of is what Lyra is to his life at this point, as far as we can see. Like, she's there. He doesn't really appreciate it, you know. It's kind of an, it's kind of annoying for him that he has to deal with this little girl when he's trying to get his work done, and he's just trying to bounce as fast as he can. So what do you uh, from? I I would think, I'm trying to think what her motivation is in the story, because the the main character always needs some type of motivation, even if they're not special. Right. They need some motivation. So would I be accurate in saying her motivation is just to see outside of the college that she's um, been stuck at this whole time? Besides the second motivation that comes up of, you know, with uh, her friend Roger. Yes and no. Most, because again, there's there's things that, from the book that, it just jogged my memory because I just read the line. Um, but when we go further in the episode and she gets invited to go live with Mrs. Coulter, her first instinct is she says no. She's like, Jordan College is my home. I'm not leaving. Yeah, she, she wants do that to on go, this. Yeah, she wants to go north. She wants to explore with her uncle. She wants to see the north. But she doesn't, like, if she's not going north, she doesn't want to leave. This is her home. This huh. is where she belongs. Okay. She doesn't know anything else. So then I don't. And if she's not there, like, what is she? Because that's been her entire life. Okay. She just wants to go to the north. That's her dream. You know, even Roger says, he's like, we don't have money. We could never do that. And she's like, sometimes you just have to have dreams. Yeah. Okay. All right. So he leaves. We get the magisterium thing. And then yeah. in walks this new character. So what is your impression of Mrs. Coulter? Shady. instantly for some reason i just got like she's shady uh maybe because the way they set up the you know we we see the magisterium and then it goes to her Mm -hmm. like that's kind of a foreshadowing thing of like um here's the bad and now here's the bad again around the good okay so and then the way that she and you said it's different in the book but the way that she instantly just takes a liking to uh, Lyra. So she does in the book instantly take a liking to Lyra. Um, but as far as I remember, her showing up was not to take Lyra. Yeah. She was going to Jordan College for other reasons. She had work. Um, she had something that she was doing. And she meets Lyra while she's there at the dinner, uh, like we see. And Lyra is instantly enamored with her. Like, you can see it in her face. Like, she's never seen somebody like this lady. You're talking about the book now still or in, in the, book the show? The show. Like, in the you show. Because in the show. Like, she doesn't, like, you know, she's, this woman sits next to her and she doesn't know what to say. She's yeah. quiet, which Lyra never is. Um, and, you know, she even tells her, she's like, are you a female scholar? Because female scholars don't dress like you dress. But we've never seen a female scholar in this. But you just have to take her word for it. Oh, okay. And that's the other thing is female scholars are incredibly rare because it's the church and they hate women. 
okay. <laughs> I mean, all right. But um, so, yeah, I mean, you kind of get this idea that she's instantly enamored with this woman. Yeah. And, and this woman, you know, she's like, I want to know about you. And the woman says, I'm not, I'm not interesting. You're interesting. Tell me about you. And that's another thing. Because it's like, no, she's not. <laughs> like, she's just a regular girl right now I, in this world. Like, if she was in, like, our world, yeah, you're interesting because you have a freaking pet that transforms. But, like, everybody has one. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really special so far about her. So that's why it makes me think she's shady. She knows more then she's telling and the protagonist. You, I, I mean, I know you caught on because we, I think we mentioned it at the time, but so like she kind of rebuffs Roger. Like she's talking to Mrs. Coulter and Roger's behind her and she, he says, hey, Lyra. She doesn't acknowledge him. She doesn't hear him. Lyra doesn't? You're talking yeah. about? Yeah. She doesn't even hear him. She's yeah. so like into this conversation yeah, she's, she's having. Yeah. And then but he, I didn't, he tries to kind of like go between them to pour the water and Mrs. I just Coulter thought puts of her it. hand up. And Well, I don't think, uh, it, maybe it was just filmed a little... Like, if he had ran right when she put her hand up or something, but I think she already had her hand up there, and he was just trying to figure out how to get into that. Yeah, Yeah. and he just didn't. But I didn't look at it as, uh, what's her name, Miss Coulter? Mrs. Coulter. Mrs. Coulter. I didn't look at her as she didn't like Roger, or I didn't look at uh, Lyra as, oh, well, forget Roger now. Mm -hmm. Especially later on in the scene when she's going to leave, and she's like, I want to take Roger with me. Like, I know he's not the the greatest adventurer, or he's not yeah. this. So that's so we'll go. Well, let's go there next. So after the dinner, she is walking with Mrs. Coulter, um, and you know Mrs. Coulter is telling her about the North, and she's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm boring you." And she says, "You could never bore me if you're talking about the North." Yeah. Like, and Mrs. Coulter's just like, you know, oh, tell me, you know, I, we can talk about you instead. I'm not really very interesting. And so she tells her about the North, and she kind of paints this beautiful picture of what it's like. Um, and then she asks Lyra to come be her assistant. Yeah. And like just right off the bat, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what they actually do. So what is she assisting with? So the way that Mrs. Coulter explains it to her in the book is that you know Lyra is going to be her research assistant. But even then, it's really not kind of talked about so much of like what they're researching, right? Okay. Um, she's like, "Well, I'm an explorer, you know, sort of. You know, it's a very fancy word for it, but you know, I guess you could say I'm an explorer too. I go to the north, um, and I would like for you to be my research assistant. You know, you'd have to learn a lot, and you have to work very hard." Um, but you could come with me. So this was where I pulled out my book and I had to check something. And then I got, was like, I need to make sure that I'm remembering this correctly so I can be mad about it because I am. So <laughs> okay. you and I have talked, or I've, I've kind of talked about the fact that this show is making Lyra a much more likable character. Correct. Which is a is weird statement to me. They, they're making her much more likable on the surface level than she is in the book. Because in the book, she's a selfish, impetuous brat. Like, she's a 12-year-old child, and she is tenacious, and she, uh, you know, she's right all the time, even when she's wrong. But you said it's her aspirations and her goals that make her... But she's still likable. Like, I mean, likable. She's still somebody that you grow to care about because you're reading about her life from her point of view, and you recognize well, that she has flaws, well, but... Well, because you make it sound like, when you say it that way, you make it sound like the book is, like, about Malfoy... <laughs> the whole time, and that's well, like so not likable. Like that character, that's what I mean by not likable. They go to out draw of their the way. Comparison, um, the scene that you just mentioned, like you're talking about how much she cares about Roger because she invites him. You know, she's like, "I won't go unless he comes." Yeah, that's not in the book. Oh, uh, okay. She doesn't. She doesn't care about Roger. So in the book, Roger disappears before Mrs. Coulter gets there. So by the ah. time Mrs. Coulter gets there, Roger's gone. And she doesn't even notice. No, she does. She's worried. And she, she's worried about Roger, and so Mrs. Coulter comes, and she's enamored with this woman who is everything she wants to be, and, like, this this 
you know, she's never seen somebody like this in Jordan College. Like in her whole life, she's never okay. seen somebody like this. So she's in love with this idea of this woman. And then she, you know, gives her exactly what she wants. She asks her to come with her and she asks her to explore. And Lyra, um, you know, originally kind of is like, no, you know, I was my Jordan College in my home. And then she's like convinced that this is something that she should do. And there's a line, the line in the book. I'm going to pull it up right now. It's Read. on page she has 74. <laughs> page 74. So she's. Chapter two. Uh, chapter three. Anyway. Sure. Um, she is. She's decided that she's going. Roger has disappeared, um, and she freaked out on the kitchen staff. You know, she couldn't find him, you know, when she notices that he's gone. And she has this whole thing where she's like, you don't care about him because you're not looking for him. And they're all kind of like, he's, he's, he ran off somewhere. Like, he'll be around. He's a kid. Okay. Um, but so he's been, you know, he's kind of missing, and she can't find him. And But anyway, she agrees to go with Mrs. Coulter. Even though Roger's gone. Even though Roger's gone. All and right. the line, you know, she's saying goodbye to any, everybody. And it says, it was only after she'd said goodbye to the few servants who were up and to Mrs. Lonsdale that she remembered Roger. And then she felt guilty for not having thought of him once since meeting Mrs. Coulter. She Ah. completely forgets about him. Okay. She completely, because it's not on her radar because her life is what she cares about. Her, her dreams, her aspirations. She's so excited with what's happening that she kind of forgets about her missing best friend. Okay. So then. And that's just part of who she is. Okay. But. All right, I have to wait to see or to ask these questions about her, the evolution of her character, because it'll probably be spoilerville or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. Okay, so then she just was different. Like I so didn't. So yeah, so I, it's on a surface level, it's making Lyra more likable because you see that and you're like, oh, she really cares, and it matters to her that he comes with her, and she won't leave without him, and they are so like. It, she won't. She'll give all this up. She can't go with him. But that's not how she is in the books. That's not a dislikable trait, though. It just if it she shows was you just enamored, her if she was, I would have liked it to be in the show because it would have made it a little more clear that she was enamored with that character. Right. And I didn't get that from her. All I got was, okay, she's going to a place that I want to go. So of course I'm going to go. But like, if she was enamored with that character, like, oh. I want to be like her or I want to, you know, she's dressing. She's like her own woman. Like Mm -hmm. I could, you know, grow up to be like this one day. Then that's one thing. So I could see it from a storytelling standpoint. It would have been better for them to be like right when she was leaving. Like, oh, crap. Roger is is a person still, too. But okay, yeah. So So that was the one like as soon as I saw that scene, I was kind of feeling it other places. But as soon as I saw that scene, I was like, they are changing her character to make her more likable for the audience. And yeah. I don't like that. For for kids, yes. But, like, I, as an adult, just thought, okay, that's her best friend. That's why she wants yeah. to take her. But, yeah, I can see 100% being, like, yeah, she's a more likable person because she cares And, like, even with the, the scene with Lord Asriel tucking her into bed, like, that tender moment kind of makes him a little bit more of a likable character. Not to me. It seemed like he was dickish like still. Like, he's still a dick, but, like, still you kind of have that, that modicum of in there of, like, oh, well, he, you know, on some level he cares about, it. yeah, he's a dick. It, it seemed very uh, matter of fact mm-hmm. as how he put her like, well, there it is. I just need to throw her on something. This is what <laughs> people do, right? They sleep on beds and then a pillow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we haven't even gotten to the golden compass. Uh, not going to call it a compass. We have not gotten to the golden compass. I'm not going to call it a compass. From what That's I saw. because it's called an alethiometer. And what's an alethiometer? It's a real thing? It's an alethiometer. So is that a real thing? 
It's an alethiometer. Like a sextant is a real thing. But it's an alethiometer. Is, what is an alethiometer? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? In this world, in this book, it is a real oh, thing. Oh, so it's not a real thing in the real world. Okay. Because mind you, we haven't said that, that this is Earth. So, yeah, that's the all very, and literally the very first thing yeah. that the show tells you is this is a world much like our own, but it's different. And it's like, that's literally, it's like, yeah. this is a story about a world because like they ours, may, but, but they like name, like, there's London. Yeah. We have London. They live they in have Oxford. They have London. They, Oxford is another place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, there's real cities. Yeah. That's why I was like, is the quote unquote not compass, compass, is that an actual, what did I call it? A cipher. Is that what that is? Mm. Or decipher or whatever those things are. It's oh, like a key, like the um, Rosetta Stone. You need that to translate something else. Because that's what I, whenever I, whenever they show it, you're a liar. I don't know what it you're, is. Anything that you say, <laughs> I don't know, I already know is a lie. But like when they show it, so we'll set the scene up. Okay, so, and again, this was something that was different from the books as well, slightly. But so she's pulled out of bed by the professor. Yeah. Um, who has a newt earlier. as his demon. Yes, his little salamander. Yes. Um, And so he's, she's pulled out of bed, and she's, you know, made to get up very quickly. He says, get dressed. You know, we have to go. You know, we're going. And he takes her it's to urgent, the master. Yes. Um, so in the books, the difference is she's pulled out of bed in the middle of the night in her pajamas, and they're like, we're going right now. Like, you don't have time to get dressed. We're nobody, you know, they're, they're very clearly trying to do this under the cover of darkness. Okay. Um, but in the book, like, or in the show, like, the sun's up, and it's, like, morning, and people are moving around, and it's weird. Well, I mean, it was a different setting, too, or different situations where she was about to leave, right? Or she was yes. set to leave. Yeah. And in that the was book, was it the same yeah, thing? The same. Oh, okay, okay. The same. All right. Um, so she's, it's right before she leaves. Um, it's the, the, the night before she's going to leave. Yeah. Um, so the master of Jordan College pulls her in. Um, and, and again, like on her, you know, she asked, well, we're like, do we still trust this guy? Like, I don't really know what to think right now. Wait, she didn't, but she didn't, he was gone by then though. Yeah. He was gone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she did ask that earlier. Yes. Yeah. Can we trust the master? Um, and so he hands her, you know, he takes out this little satchel thing, or something. You know, a little yeah. satchel and he opens up, um, this thing and he hands it to her and he tells her this is an alethiometer and it tells you the truth. And that's, that's it. It. That is all we get. Like, that's how does it work? Gets. Does it run on gas? Do I need... You know, Bitcoin, something yeah, to make thing. it work. It's got a bunch of pictures on it. It's got a couple dials. And this looks like uh, different languages. Or not different languages, but different characters on there. Yeah. That's what it looked like to me. So that's why I'm thinking like it's some type of cipher where it's like, okay, I need this to read something else. That's where my mind is always going to be with this thing. And all he tells her is it tells the truth. And I will I will say that there is, there is a couple shots that kind of hint at, at certain things, but if you don't know what you're looking at, you wouldn't get it. Like, it wouldn't occur that, to you. That we saw? That, that's in this episode. So that's why I was like, maybe the trailers are No, the, the, trailers okay. were, right. the trailers were bad. Um, but, yeah, so he hands her this alethiometer. He tells her that she, she didn't has want to want, keep it. She didn't want it initially. She didn't because he told her she has to keep it secret from everybody. You can't tell anybody. You cannot tell Mrs. Coulter. And she says, I don't want secrets. I don't want this. Why, though? She doesn't want to deal with it. She's afraid. But that, that, it felt like there was nothing that built to that. Like when she, when I first saw that and I was like, she declined. I'm like, why didn't she like, there's no purpose for her not to take it. Like I could see if her uncle was like, don't trust anybody. And then she was like, no, I don't really want this. Then that makes sense to me. Exactly. what He said he doesn't trust anybody. He didn't tell her. He doesn't give rats saying this about her. So he's like, trust anybody you want. Go ahead and do whatever you want. I got my own stuff going on. 
you got your own stuff. But you gotta remember, on. like she she's kind of molding herself after him in a, in a certain way. Like she asks him, "Do we still trust the master?" And he says, "I don't trust anybody." Ah, okay. Um, so, but she yeah, takes so, it though. So she takes it, and he he gives her you know this speech about. Uh, wait, wait, wait. So wait, hold on, because he when she declined it, he said she said, Lyra said it probably belongs to my uncle anyway. Yeah. So. Like, that doesn't make any sense then. Like, why wouldn't she just want it then? If she we skipped a crucial scene, what the conversation scene that? that the master has with the professor. Oh yeah, you said that wasn't in the book, right? I think looking back, I think it is. Okay. Um, I I was kind of not sure, and I was annoyed that they added something, but I think that actually is. So there's a scene where he's talking with the 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 professor who doesn't want her to go. At night, he's come yes. to care with. He's come to care for her. You know, he's raised her. He's taught her. He he cares for this little girl. Yeah. More um, and than the master's uncle like. Does. The alethiometer says she's going to take a journey. She has to take a journey. He said the alethiometer. He said the alethiometer says that. Okay. that she has to take a journey. You watched so it twice, my friend. Okay. One Pay was attention. in like 420p or something. Pay like attention. That. <laughs> um, so he says the alethiometer says she has to take a journey. We have to let her go. Um, and it says that there will be a great betrayal. Yeah, and then the professor was like, who's going to betray her? Like, is it me, Laura Asriel? Yeah, yeah. He says that's the worst part of it. She is going to be the one to betray somebody. And see, that's why you're you're saying that they're making her more likable, like she's not that likable in the books, makes me think, like, is she the bad guy in this whole thing? (laughs) Like, at the end, is she going to be the Darth Lord or something like that? I mean, she's just a kid. She's, like, an annoying little kid. But something is special about the kid, though, like, the story centers around her. They do. I mean, if you listen to that conversation, they are talking about how important she is. Exactly. So that's why she's something, somebody. Something is important about her. Like you know, the story is centered around her, and then they're they're putting a lot of emphasis on her. So somehow he was able to ask the alethiometer or read the alethiometer in some way yeah. that gave him information about her. Correct. And it, to- it tells the truth. It only tells you the truth. Lasso and, of truth all of a sudden, um, yes. And so he knows that, okay, well, we have to let her go, and we have to let this happen. Like, it's going to happen, and there's nothing we can do about it, and it just has to be that way. And, like, what's the, like, they, they of course, I understand because of the story, they can't give all the details, <laughs> but, like, what's the situation that's so dire that she's going to betray. Is it going to destroy the world? Who like, knows? what is the consequence? That's the, the big thing. If I was a professor, I'd be like, well, what's the consequences of this? Because if she betrays somebody, but it helps to save somebody else's life or it helps mm-hmm. to save something else, then you got to do what you got to do. So, I mean, what's the problem? But- so, we go, yeah, so she has the alethiometer now. He gives her the speech. It's actually pulled, the, the line is actually pulled directly out of the book. That he tells he's like, um, I'm just going to find just it. Just read it. You it's know on, you I want to. I think it's on to. page 89. You, you had it all. Uh, it's, on, it's not on page For 89. those that can't see, she's she had the book right next to her. You, I, you said two it. page numbers. You're like 90. I said 89, but it was for something different. I don't know. That's why I told you to use like bookmarks. I don't have any bookmarks. Fold the page in. Excuse I, me? I knew you were one of those. <laughs> but anyway, he basically he says something to the effect of like, you know, the, the ties that move men and women are stronger than any of us could have ever, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And that that whole sequence of, of lines that he tells you, you know, keep your own counsel is directly out of the book. Okay. Which I you know, I like that. That means, you know, they paid attention to an extent. Well, yeah. I mean they it's the series as opposed to a movie that's gotta be quick. Right. So they have to do I mean, a little Game more. Game of Thrones was a series too. But it was we already <laughs> They, they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, um, but, yeah, so she takes the alethiometer. 
she hides it. She puts it in her pocket. She doesn't show anybody. Um, as she's leaving, she's like yelling at it. She's like, well, where's Roger? Tell me where Roger is. Cause she yeah. doesn't understand. And if All it doesn't work it- the first time, lady, what are you screaming at it more? Like, it's not going to just be like, Oh, you wanted me to tell you now. Sorry. Like, and again, that kind of shows that in the show, like she's more, she's worried about Roger. She doesn't want to leave without knowing where Roger is, without knowing he's okay. In the book, she like bounces. And she doesn't think about Roger even when she does a little regret of, oh crap, I forgot about Roger. She doesn't she think She feels like, guilty that he, she hasn't shot, thought about him since she met Mrs. Coulter, but then she still leaves. Well, yeah, she still leaves, but, oh, so does Mrs. Coulter, she never tells Mrs. Coulter about Roger in the book. I don't believe so. Okay. Oh, well, at least not not until not she remembers and then she kind of she kind of convinces herself like, well, if anybody can find him, Mrs. Coulter can. Okay, so that well, let's get to that then because Mrs. Coulter when they were talking to each other about Roger being kidnapped by the gobblers and she pulled her 2 inches away to, <laughs> to, to speak privately. Speak privately, yeah. Mrs. Coulter was like, "I will find this kid." Like, yeah. Yeah, and now that's why I'm like Hold on, right off the bat, you barely know these people, and you're like die hard making a blood oath over here. I will find Roger no matter what. So that's why I think she's shady. I'm like, nah, nobody's nobody's doing that. Like if she had her own agenda and she was there to to show up, she'd be like, you know what? While we're exploring, we'll we'll keep an eye out for Roger. But so there are certain things, certain choices that they made in the directing of this episode that pissed me off because I felt like it telegraphed. 100% what was going to happen and the fact that you didn't pick up on them is a good sign to me. Well, that we'll have to go back. We'll talk about it at the, at the end. Everything, when, well, I mean, happens. we're we're kind of getting to the end now. No, uh, I mean the end of the oh, series. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Like yeah, when we get yeah. to the end of the season and you know everything that's happened, okay. we can come back to that and I, I'll ask you if you kind of, if things make sense that, that so weren't she, stand out. So she, when she's yelling at the compass to try to find Roger, how does she know that uh, Miss Coulter is leaving again. Cause that she, whole scene was she weird. Barely like, makes the it... airship is like taking off and she's yeah. running after it. I don't like Miss Coulter like, didn't even seem it? like she was like worried about her getting on the ship. Yeah, and then when no. she comes, that when she gets on weird. the ship, she's like, "Well, I'm glad you joined me. Are you decided to join me?" But I was like, well, "She already said she was going to join you. You said you were going to find Roger. Yeah. Where else is she going to do?" So that that was kind of weird. Her jumping on. Yeah, the no, because she's saying goodbye to the servants so she can leave. Like, yeah, that's the whole thing. And then they're just, they're in London. Yeah. So, well, she's on the airship on the show. Um, and she pocketed the... The alethiometer. Uh, the compass. The alethiometer. It's not a real thing. Uh, because if you say it, it's It's a like, fucking book. It's yeah, not a real world. Yeah, but no. Demons because, aren't real. Yeah, but when you say airship, that's something people can put it... But when you say alethiometer, nobody has a frame of reference that's to what that is. the point. That's, That's the whole terrible. point. That's terrible. It's this object that you're not supposed to understand. Yeah, but there's a, there's a description of the object because it's in the show and they recreated it, right? Yes. And then it's in the movie. They recreated what it looks like. It looks different in the movie, but okay. same basic concept. But, uh, but, uh, it looks like a okay. compass with pictures on so it. So then, yeah, you just go, a compass. But it's not a compass. It's an alethiometer. All right. I understand. But for listeners that have no... They got to get used to it. They got to get, the, get used to it. So then from now on, alethiometer is... A compass. No. All right. Or a compass-looking device. No. It's not a compass-looking <laughs> device? What are you going to say? What are you going to say? I She's was going to say. The, oh, she pockets the alethiometer. She pockets the thing, and then the monkey gives. The creepy-ass monkey. Gives her the, the cold, st- or gives her demon a cold stare. I could have sworn she was looking, or I don't know if it's a she or he, the monkey, because it never speaks. The, so that's something they also don't address, that, like, the gender of your um, of your demon 
doesn't all, it doesn't always match your gender. Yeah, no, because uh, Pam or Pan, Pan. is a Pantalinen. boy. Okay, his name is Pantalinen. We're just gonna go Pan. We're That's just what they go. call him most of the time. They call him Pan. Yeah, exactly. Um, Which we didn't discuss any of that. I didn't think there was enough back and forth between there to build that character up because they are characters. Yeah. So I want to see them written as characters and not side pets because that's why yeah. i said pets i'm hoping we will see more of that because they're i mean pan and lyra have a lot of one-on-one time yeah yeah i would think so i mean it's your it's your soul yeah like so yeah so I, I didn't i don't think it gave me enough of that maybe in the next episode it will but right now it was just kind of like this is a pet this is not How dare you. another character How dare you there's well, that monkey we never hear speak. None at all. That's why it's shady. It, it's a, it's an assassin. <laughs> but again, that comes to the part where like you don't really speak to other people's demons very much. Yeah, but you and also we said we haven't had any. But, we haven't had any scenes with Mrs. Coulter and her demon alone but having you, discussions. You also said that they kind of share their kind of like emotion. Yeah. Like so, if Mrs. Coulter is feeling like I need to be on the kind of sly, monkey is not really going to do anything out of the ordinary. It's not even going to chirp or whatever monkeys do. <laughs> so it's just going to glare evil at other demons and yeah, the monkey looks uh, pretty good exactly because the it's monkey's an assassin the monkey is an assassin he's a part of the the gobblers it occurs to me i don't know the monkey's name it's i monkey. can't remember his damn name you don't know a lot of the uh the demons names because there wasn't a lot of them around that was upsetting yeah but like i know i remember hester's name i remember cecilia's name i remember i was gonna say the raven's name but i don't remember the raven's name what's uh who oh for uh the master yeah okay I remember the raven's name they didn't um, ever say that either. They didn't say. Uh, he was kind of. Uh, I don't think they ever. Too. They never said Stelmaria's name. But you just know from the book. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because they'll eventually say it in the show. Maybe. They've got it. I mean, if it's a character that's like that's what I'm saying. They don't feel like characters yet. She she feels like the most character of them. Like she was from this episode. Yeah, she was very clearly like. In the beginning, she's like, "We have to go right now. Like the yeah. storm is here. We have we to. We should leave. rest. We should. You know, yeah. it was all. She was definitely more. You know it's vocal. that voice actress because she is. Phenomenal. You don't even know like, who that is. Something about her voice, like it's just so smooth and like. Oh. First of all, I know about smooth voices. All right. Not like that. You don't. First of all, Not how dare like you? That. How dare you? I could have been a voice. I want to get her on this these. podcast. Well, then just reach. Out. You got to figure out who she is first. <laughs> um. But yeah. So creepy monkey. Creepy monkey uh, creeps. Yep. You can see the Egyptians are on the river. Yeah, Lyra looks out, the, looks out of the window because out. they're going to go to London too. That's where they believe the gobblers are that are taking their children, which they didn't establish that it was like how many kids? 26. Yeah, they didn't say that. In yeah, the, they did. In the episode, he said 20 kids? Yeah. I could have sworn John that. John when, when they're at the boats and he's trying to convince Ma Costa that they need to go, he says to her, they've taken 26 of our children. I could have swore he just said they no, just No, because that's the only reason I remember it, because I wouldn't okay. have remembered that from the book. That's well, very specific. 26, and did they say that in the book? Yeah, I'm sure that, they do. That about a number? Okay. So um, they all say it's And I London. just watched Mindhunter, so I'm like thinking the Atlanta monster. Like, nobody nobody cared yeah, about the these Egyptian dead. kids. Yeah, the, that's that's what they call it, the yeah. less dead. So it's just, it's terrible. Nobody cared that these Egyptian kids were going missing, yeah. and they're having to figure it out on their own, because nobody's going to help them, because nobody cares about the Egyptians. So... The other thing is that's interesting is if they knew it's easy to take Egyptian Egyptian kids because nobody's looking for them, why would they take the kid out of the the college? That's a good question. Because he wasn't by I don't think he was by himself anywhere, right? I can't he remember. Just, he was just yeah, gone. he was just gone. Was yeah, just gone. they never showed like he was just walking down an alley like they showed um, Billy. Billy, yeah. Okay. 
So that's that's another mystery there. Like, why would they take? Well, for me, it's a mystery. Why would you take a kid out of a place where you know they're probably going to look for it, as opposed to just sticking? But to I mean, the at the place. same time, he's a servant boy. Yeah, but like, who cares? Somebody looked for him. Lyra did. But no, because remember, she went in the kitchen. She was like, "Where's Billy?" And he's like, "I've been looking for him too." He he meant like Billy, or he he meant Rogers late for his shift. I would like to know where oh, he yeah, is too. Roger, yeah, sorry. Oh, okay. All it right. wasn't like, oh, because that's what she gets angry at the staff because she's asking everybody, where's Bit? Well, she didn't where's say, yeah, Roger, Roger, where's yes. Roger? And they're like, he'll show up. He just probably like ran off or slept but somewhere. And she gets show. angry and she's like, none of you care about him. Like, yeah. you know, the bloody gobblers got him and, and nobody cares. And Well, see, that if that's specific to the book, that shows a little, I mean. Yeah, but then when it's inconvenient for her, when she has something better to think about, she forgets about him. Well, that's tough. That's a tough one. Only because I'm also going off three books of. I understand. Yeah, I know. But Not for the first five minutes, but the beginning and for once you're explaining, it just makes it seem like she was just enamored with something new. How many kids get you know distracted from an old toy when a new toy it's comes? It's not a up? toy. It's a missing. But child. that's how it is. That's how it is. A kid doesn't Again, know the that's difference. How it is to her? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She's a child. That's the the thought process. Now maybe in the later on in these books and in the series there'll be something else dickish that she does. Like she kicks the monkey off the, the dirigible or something like that. Whatever. But for right now, it just seems like it's a kid with kid, you know, tendencies. So Her best friend is missing. Yeah, I mean, and it showed in the show, but it doesn't show in the, the book. Exactly. Okay. That's the point. So they're going to London. Uh, and that That's was where we leave end, off. That was the end of the episode. That's where we leave off. And then I stopped it before the next... So um, I still saw some stuff. My friends Tyler and Liz and I watched this all together last night, and they've both read the book, but Liz especially doesn't remember anything. She's like, I know I read it, but it was years ago, and she doesn't remember a goddamn thing about it. And then we watched the coming next on His Dark Materials, and first of all, it's long. And with a lot of first episodes, like it's like not necessarily what's coming next week, it's like what's coming this season. It wants to draw you in yeah, to watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that before. It yes. shows everything. It shows who they're going to meet up with, where they're going to go, what's going to happen when they get there, what, like, when she's going to diverge from certain things and when she's going to meet up with certain things and when things are going to change and how relationships are going to change. I was like, we're we're all sitting there, like, dumbfounded. I'm, like, yelling at the TV, and Liz just goes, I remember the whole book now. Cool. Like, uh -huh. it was the whole thing. I could not believe how much they showed. So okay. any, every time we watch this, just don't watch, don't ever watch the coming. Well, yeah, song. that'll be easy because, I mean – Stop it, it at yeah, the end. That's and fine. I could not believe. So that was, I mean, and I was, I think I was talking about it with, um, with them while we were, while we were sitting there and it's, it's the difference. It feels like the difference between audience, um, when you're looking at readers versus people watching or the way they advertise to people who are going to read something versus people who are going to watch something. And when you, when you pick up a book, you get maybe like a paragraph a brief synopsis that has to pull you in and then you're going to submit yourself to hours and hours and hundreds of pages and that little paragraph is all you get. Yeah. And you decide based on that that you're going to read this book. When people advertise a show to you, it's like they're trying to advertise to like the lowest common denominator and they, they need to tell to. you every single thing that's yeah. going to happen. They're like, we can't be, we can't intrigue you. We can't be mysterious. We have to tell you this is going to happen. This cool thing's going to happen. This big ass epic moment's going to happen. It's a visual medium. So nothing you have can be to. a surprise. No, you don't. Yeah, you do. You can be mysterious without giving the entire plot away. You, you have to, not for this type of story, I think. Only because this is... A child story. And I think they want you to know 
that there's going to be like I didn't see the 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 the, the trailer, so I can't really say what's in it. But I think they want you to know that there's a bunch of stuff from the book that you're going to get to see in this. That's what they're they're probably shooting for. If I've if they put the stuff if they it's made terrible. it if they made it towards me to where they were trying to keep it mystery mysterious and stuff like that, and they didn't show any plot points, I'd just be like, okay, so more running around of the little you girl. You can hint at things without spoiling and all when we get to the end of all this i'll have you okay. watch what it was so you can kind of understand yeah but like how many episodes in the season eight okay all so right they'll, they'll do cool. eight episodes all right cool um but like i'm just gonna read the synopsis of this book because it's right here it's right in front of me um <laughs> his dark materials book one uh it says lyra is content to run wild among the scholars of jordan college with her demon familiar it even says familiar Demon familiar yeah, always by her them. side. Yeah. But the arrival of her fearsome uncle, Lord Asriel, draws her to the heart of a terrible struggle. A struggle born of gobblers and stolen children, witch clans and armored bears. Oh, they do mention witches in this. What the fuck? Uh-oh. Somebody. So, like, that's on the back of the book. That's so, I can, go to, book. I can go to uh, a library or a Barnes & Noble, and I can see that there's witches right off the bat. I guess so. And as she hurdles toward danger in the cold, far north, young Lyra never suspects the shocking truth. She is destined to win or to lose this more-than-mortal battle. Philip Pullman's award-winning The Golden Compass is a masterwork of storytelling and suspense, critically acclaimed and hailed as a modern fantasy That classic. wouldn't have gotten me enough to read the book. You're not a reader, though. No, I am. When the I promise you. Okay. When the books, I promise you, when the book is good enough, I will I will sit there. But and you know, the last one it was the like beast. It's not my hobby. Uh, hobby, yes. <laughs> None like, of them. <laughs> <laughs> We're clearly not speakers either. So, no. If it's a good enough read, and I I will go through it, and I don't care what anybody says, comic books are the same thing. I will go through volumes and volumes of comic books as well. They're they're stories. If you read enough of them, it'll equal a novel. So, but that back there, because I don't know what the like, it just tells me about a kid going north, but not like. I mean, I guess yeah. I don't know. It, it's it's it wasn't as gripping as I thought it was going to be. Um. I think they should have kept it to where they explained all those different things. Like, there's going to be witches. There's going to be uh, gobblers. There's going to be... Literally what it just did. No, I'm saying, but not go the rest of... She's going to go up north to fight this or to, to battle this good, evil type of thing. Like, if they left that part out and just been like, that's what she's going to deal with, and then that's it, it would have been fine. So I'm saying literally leave out the last sentence. Yeah, and she would have been cool. She's struggling against gobblers and stolen, stolen children. children, and then boom, I'm in. That's what it is. That's that's what gets me. And then the last two sentences, I'll figure it out inside the book. But you just said it didn't grab you. No, I'm saying that's what have grabbed me more than that. Whatever. So I read this book. Here, I'll, I'll explain it real fast. I read this book called Save the Cat, and it's the last book you need on screenwriting because that's when I was still doing a lot of screenwriting. And they tell you... It teaches you how to write taglines, that there should be one or two sentences that should grab you real fast. And then they give you homework on how to create a tagline. They show you where to research taglines. And then they, they actually put taglines for movies in the in the book. But this isn't a tagline. I understand. Books don't have taglines. I understand, but I'm a movie guy. That's why I'm telling you, me. Only me. Medium. It's only me. Which is what I just said. I said you're not a reader. I, but I'm, I don't know, and I'm explaining you now, explaining to you now what would have grabbed me. That's all I was doing. That's all I was doing. 
Emma. That's all I was doing. Go ahead. A major motion picture, holiday 2000. It was not a major. <laughs> it was not a major motion picture. It was a picture. It was all those boycotts. Yeah. Those I don't boycotts. think that, I don't no, think that stifled that it. No, the thing that sucked is they definitely totally took credit for it because the movie flopped and they were like, we did this. You didn't stifle anything. No, they anything. didn't. No. They didn't. It was just a shooting no. movie. But This was the, what's that? I didn't hear about any, I haven't heard a single protest, boycott, anything against this show. And there were I a few, there was like, Big news about the boycotts. Well, the it came out in what, 2007? Yeah. The movie. Yeah. It's been 12 years. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I people are stupid and they're like, it's called His Dark Materials, not The Golden Compass. It's different. <laughs> like, don't recognize it well, as the same thing. Well, the thing that makes no sense to me, if you're boycotting it, how do you know what's in it? You, you must have read it. It's been, I think this is on, I want to say the series might be banned. In, it's probably banned in like Catholic schools for sure. Um, but it's on like a banned book list. They had to have read it, right? So then, clearly, you heretics. You, yeah, you, you read. Yeah. Well, it's like the magisterium. Like the magisterium exactly. knows all these things that it doesn't want anybody else to know. So yeah, I know. So that clearly they. It's a church thing. Yes, it's I understand. A church thing. I'm. I'm. I'm not. Churches don't want you to know shit. I'm not against anybody because I'm like that's everybody's own opinion. I'm not against anything that's anti church you know there's a lot of anti everything in this world so you just have to just live that's all i'll say just live <laughs> Jeez. all right so how are you gonna uh, wrap this up uh what do you expect to get next next episode i'm excited uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad i'm glad you liked it because I, okay, so here's what I want, but here's what I expect. What I want is more interaction between the familiars and their um, people. Their people, yeah. I, I don't know if you call their masters. No, no? God, no. Is it, you're not. Just, no, it's they, not a pet because they seem like pets from this oh first episode. God. They didn't get enough. I need more. They need to be characters. They need to have. I need Pan to have a personality. I didn't feel that through this. Besides. He did. All I felt was he was worried about her every time. Because every line that he had was... He's cautious. Oh, we shouldn't be doing that. Or we shouldn't, like... He's no, very cautious. That didn't. That just means he was worried about her. I never heard, like, oh... He's worried in general. So I, I need to see more of his personality. I definitely want to see. Um, I need to see more of the... the uh, I'm not going to call them gypsies. The Gyptians. Gyptians. I need to see more of the Egyptian culture. And I need to a little more explanation on like their just their, their overalls. Mm-hmm. Like I only thing all I got from them is maybe they're nomadic because they all live on boats that can yeah. easily get up and go. Uh and they're poorer than the rest of, you know. Both correct. Were they even is that all cuz that's all you saw of Oxford is there's a college and there's poor folks. Well that because there's that's no all Lyraces. That's all Lyraces. Okay. Lyra knows Jordan College and she knows the Egyptian kids. That's her entire life. But, She's never been anywhere. But the I understand, but we never get it from her perspective. Because she's not there with the Egyptians whenever they're doing the ceremony. She's yeah. not there whenever the kid is kidnapped. She's not there when they make the decision to leave. So, Which, again, those were all scenes that were added for the show. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. So why not show or be like, or like, give me a pan shot of this entire city so I know that there's probably something out there. But uh, whatever. So I'm I'm... Guessing I'm going to see now London and what London's going to be like because that's where everybody's headed. So I, I, I'm i interested to see how society runs uh, in this alternate earth. 
and how does the magisterial magisterium magisterium Close. uh I, so I heard you stop yourself from calling it the magistrate yes how Proud that how that uh, affects everybody's everyday life mm-hmm. like what restrictions does it hold on them like oh you cannot eat fish on fridays or something like that okay i i'm, I'm interested to see how because it, it doesn't feel like there's any restrictions so far it just seems like right because lyra grew up in somewhere that she doesn't feel those restrictions yeah and it doesn't seem like the um egyptians have any restrictions I mean, you've seen about five seconds of them. That's what I'm saying. I want to see more of them. Let's go. Let's get the Egyptians in there. Let's do some stuff. That's what I want to see. So I want to see more interaction with the um, the demons. I want to see more Egyptians, and I want to see more of the – I need more world building. Okay. That's what I need. And I'm hopefully, since they're going to a bigger city with uh, uh, London, that I'll see some of that. Well, there we go. I So it's – Eight episodes, so we have eight hours to get through this book, which is actually, that's pretty solid because the audiobook is ten and a half hours. Good Lord. So eight hours to do it, I think we can do. So this episode two is called The Idea of the North. Is episode too vague. two. Too vague for me to even make a decision off of exactly. that. Exactly. It's the first to episode. title. The first episode could have been called The Idea of the North. The first episode is called Lyra's Jordan. And Which then we don't even know the episode titles for three through doesn't eight. Doesn't even wear Jordans the whole episode, everybody. Jordan College, my friend. Whatever. It could have been called Oxford for all I know. She lives in Oxford. I so know, I but there's an Oxford College, right? There's actually a, uh, yeah, there is. There is a, I actually have a book back there called Lyra's Oxford. Um, it's a little companion book. Oh, okay. I was yeah. about to say, was that like a prequel or a? No, it's a, I mean, it's a companion book to the series. But uh, yeah, so that's that is the first episode of our as yet untitled His Dark Materials podcast. Yeah, Maybe still, we'll have a title. Don't like that uh, name though. I didn't. Call, I said it was His Dark Materials podcast. Yeah, but you, when you put his, it's still whatever. You, you're proud of you running the show like this. Wow. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so hopefully by maybe by the time this is posted, there will be a title and you'll, whoever's listening to this is going to be like, <laughs> So you got a couple hours to figure out a title. You literally have like about one hour. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Anyway, we will see you next week. Uh, we got to figure out a watch